0: Welcome to The Warrior Life with Justin Merghiani. This show celebrates the warrior in every person walking the planet. My warrior life was born out of a battle with ulcerative colitis and now a permanent ileostomy bag. My charity, Checkmates Charitable Association's mission, is to rid the world of inflammatory bowel disease. What are you a warrior for? Today we have uh, Dan Wheeler, who I got to work with, actually, when he was on QVC. We, uh, I was working for Dell at the time, and I had to come in and sell computers on QVC, and Dan and I got to do that. and He kind of took me under his wing. Uh, he might not remember that, but uh, he, he really made it easy for me to transition to television, so I really appreciated that.
1: You know, one thing I really love about... Um sharing connection and stories with people is the fact that you know, they may not know the difference that they've made, but like you said, you know Dan took you under his wing
0: as well. So uh, what are you going to talk about today on the show? Well, he's a very religious person, and uh, unfortunately his wife uh, was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago and passed away, and one of the things that has really kept Dan grounded has been his religion, and uh, he's gonna, I'm going to ask him a lot about the signs he got from God, if he, if he got some signs from God.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important for people of faith or even if you're not a person of faith to be rooted in some sort of belief system that works for you. So, you know, sometimes, you know, religion works for people with, you know, with God or whether you call it universe or whether you call it source uh, or signs or synchronicities. But I, I think it's really important to choose what works for you as well. So that way it serves you better.
0: Yeah, and I think when you lose somebody, if if the thought is that you'll never see them again and then it's over, it's very difficult to take that. And I just lost my grandfather four weeks ago, and uh, I, I, the fact that I know that I'm going to see him again makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, and that's an important message as well, so.
1: All right, well, we're looking forward to seeing Dan Wheeler on the show
0: today. I'm looking forward to it, too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. um, today I have a really special guest, uh, You know him as a very popular personality on the uh, QVC network. Uh, He's worked there for a long time. He just left QVC very shortly. Uh, And uh, I know him as a wonderful guy. I got to work with him for about two years selling computers uh, on QVC. And today we're going to talk about a different side of this man, Dan Wheeler. Uh, Dan, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Justin. Always good to talk to you. Good to be here.
0: Thanks so much. So, Dan, um, would a lot of people, if if they're a a big QVC watcher and they they watched over the years, and by the way, how many years were you there?
2: 29.
0: I thought so. I was going to say 30, so I was close.
2: Yeah, I had a lot of people say, why didn't you wait one more year and make it 30? And the short answer is because God said it was time for me to do something else. That's awesome.
0: And that's part of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, So for the folks who've uh, Known Dan, you know that he's a great uh, salesperson, he, he really knows his stuff, especially uh, I know with electronics, we work together on those things. But uh, the spiritual side of Dan is something that was always intriguing to me uh, when I got to know him at QVC, and uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Dan's beautiful wife, Beth. So uh, Dan, first, just to start out, tell us a little bit about uh, who Beth was and what kind of mother and, and uh, wife she
2: was. Well, she was this cute girl I met on the train going into Chicago in 1978. I had just started working at a Christian television station, so I rode the train every day. And this cute girl gets on the train and sits right in front of me. And I didn't get a good look at her, so I kept looking at the window trying to catch a reflection And finally, I thought, you know what, I'm just going for it. I tapped her on the shoulder and said, excuse me, um, I've been trying to read this book, and it's really boring, and would you mind if I joined you? And she gave me a big smile and said, sure, come on up. So we talked the whole way in, and as we were walking uh, out of the train station through Union Station in Chicago, I said, where do you work? And she said, I work in the Civic Opera building. And I said, you're kidding, that's the same building I work in. So I asked her if she wanted to go to the cafeteria before we went to work in the building and grab something to eat. And again, she said, sure. So I'm like, man, I'm on a roll here. (laughs) So I I take her up, we go through the line, we get our food and (laughs) I get to the cashier and I look in my pockets and I look in my wallet and I look in my briefcase and I had nothing, no money, zero, nada. (laughs) So she had to pay for that first date and then uh i promised her i'd take her out later in the week to a nice restaurant which i did but in those days i never really had much money so <laughs> yeah. but that was pretty embarrassing you know that's how it all started and then uh i dated we dated on and off for 6 years and i finally asked her to marry me and we got married and had two beautiful children and then my oldest daughter kirsten has now she has three uh, children but um we had two grandsons and my wife was diagnosed with stage four cancer, uh, back in, um, 2012. Um, I'll never forget the day. It was, uh, October 19th. She texted me at work and said, please come home quickly. And fortunately I wasn't on the air. I had meetings. So I came home and she told me the doctor really felt like, um, from her ultrasound, it looked like she might have cancer, and so we had to, they took a biopsy, and we had to wait all that weekend, and then, of course, the next week, it, it was confirmed, and then we went on a long three-year journey, a three-year battle with stage four um, ovarian cancer.
0: Yeah, That that had to be the ultimate shock to, to get that kind of news,
2: Dan. You know, when you get that kind of news, I, I'm actually writing a book about her, and I was just writing before, uh, we did this uh, interview and i i wrote that in the instant that you get a stage four cancer diagnosis your priorities are turned upside down but ultimately right side up and that's that's what happened to me
0: yeah then i i can relate in some small way i remember <clears throat> excuse me i got a call from a doctor uh about three it was 2015 and I had had ulcerative colitis for a long time, and and he said to me, um, you know, we found that you have what's called high grade dysplasia, and that's a, a very early stage of uh, cancer, or it's precancerous. And, and uh, I just remember being numb, uh, you know, walking around. I felt like I was in a cloud. I I just felt like I wasn't in my own body. Did you have a similar experience? Yeah, uh,
2: that weekend was surreal when i think about it we did a lot of uh holding and hugging and praying and um and that and then the next week it was confirmed when the biopsy came back that it was and then um we knew that she was going to have to have surgery and that a doctor was need to going to going to have to get in there and see what was going on and how far the cancer had spread and what stage it was and um so we were we got into you know the head guy down at the big hospital in Philadelphia, and um you know after the surgery, then I got another call that you know it's you're in the waiting room all day and it's such a big hospital that the doctors don't come and talk to you in person, they give you a phone call, and I answered the phone and and he said you know, Dan, we, we've completed the surgery, unfortunately. And as soon as I heard that word, unfortunately, it was like a bomb went off in my brain. Sure. And I, I couldn't even comprehend what he was saying. He said, you know, the cancer is more aggressive than we thought. It has spread more than we thought. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I, I just could hardly function. You know, you're yeah. really set back. It really does affect you physically, emotionally, mentally. And, um, you know, and I know that you and I are not the only people who have gone through this. A lot of people do and it's uh it's one of those things it's hard to understand but uh as we go on in this interview I'll tell you how God has really used that in my life and um really starting to use it for good and a lot of good and you know we need to see God's purposes but you know then so my wife we got that diagnosis in October of or November, when they did the surgery of 2012, and then we went on a three-year journey of doctor's appointments and procedures and surgeries, and it just seemed like it never ended. Three years, you know, and um, and then she lost her battle on October 30th of 2015. So it's been, it's hard to believe, but it's been like two years and three months now since she's passed. It goes quickly. It's
0: amazing. Dan, uh, yeah. So, as far as your journey with Christ, have you always been a religious person? Did you grow up a religious person, or did that come later on in life?
2: Well, my mom uh, had me in church uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday nights. We, wow. <laughs> I grew up in a yeah, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and um, and my my dad wasn't very much into going to church. In fact, they um, they divorced when I was eleven and um he actually uh, remarried two more times so um but i think um that um, without my mom i'd probably i wouldn't be here she her prayers got me through but i do remember i was nine years old i was at a church camp and we just had a service and they were really talking about you know this having a relationship with the lord um, and then it wasn't just about being religious, it was about just talking to God. And and I remember it really impacted me, and I was walking back to my cabin, and I remember I was alone, kind of out in the woods on this trail, and I looked up and the s- sky was filled with stars. It was a bright, beautiful night, and I just remember saying, looking up and saying, I know you're there, and I want to serve you, and I want to give my life to you. And then, you know, for most of my high school and college years, I stayed pretty close. And, um, but I had a few times where I got away from the Lord. And, uh, I mean, I'll actually tell you today because I can really be open and honest about things that have happened to me. But um, the year before Beth's cancer diagnosis, I really had gotten away from the Lord and ended up in a really bad way at a point where I had to pull myself off QVC. And uh I actually ended up in a mental hospital for a couple of weeks and had a very long journey back. And I know what it's like to be away from God, and I know what hell is like. Hell is basically separation from God. Right. And uh that's where I was, in that mental hospital. But God broke through, and that's part of my story and part of the book I'm writing about... uh it's called, uh, the book is going to be called hurricane of love. My journey with Beth Wheeler, because Beth's love was like a hurricane. It hit everyone in its path. I mean, no one was, <laughs> was safe around her. She was going to shower you with love. She was an amazing woman.
0: That's beautiful. Now did, did Beth, uh, was she as religious as you are, or is that something that you kind of grew together with?
2: You know, it's interesting. When when I met Beth and that day I met her, I didn't know that she was actually married at the time. And she didn't tell me that until her date. And, her date. and then I said, well, you know, I can't see you. And she said, yes. She goes, I'm separated, but I'm going back. I'm going to try again. I've tried a couple times. And you're right. She goes, but I just think you're a really special guy. And then she went back and went through a real horrible time. But you know, she worked in my building. So once in a while I would see her and ask her how it was going. And, um, eventually she and and her husband got divorced. And then, um, that's when she and I kind of started dating and had more of a romantic thing. And, um, I was working for a Christian television station and I think she thought I was (laughs) kind of a religious fanatic or something, but, uh, eventually, you know, she came to know the Lord and, um, and I always told her, I said, Beth, it's not about being religious. You know, religious is, is kind of something that's that's important, but it's it's kind of man's attempt to reach God through religion. And, and true Christianity in my faith is about God just reaching down and loving us and saying, hey, I love you, I died for you, I want you to talk to me, let's have a relationship. And, you know, I do, I love going to church, and I was... Uh, so most Sundays I'm in church, but um, but uh, then she, you know, she found the Lord, and then she just became even more loving and wonderful. So it was great to see.
0: That's really great. Uh, all of us, Dan, I'm sure, <clears throat> have, in one way or another, experienced loss. In fact, I lost my grandfather four weeks ago, and when sorry I to hear somebody, that. Thank you. Uh, when I when I lose somebody, and I, I I did this just four weeks ago. I was looking out the window, and I was crying and and really in pain. And I said, "Where are you?" Uh, you know, I wanted I I wanted a sign. I wanted to feel his presence. Um, and it was difficult at that time. Have you felt Beth's presence? And if you did, how long did it take to feel that, or was that instantaneous?
2: Well, it's funny, I. I, I I feel her, uh, whisper, well, I sometimes hear her whispering in my ear on almost every major decision I make. If I And and usually it's like if I'm going to write a check to a church or to a charity, I hear her saying, oh, come on. My, our nickname for each other was Cakey's, so I hear her saying, Cakey's, come on, just give a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear, but, you know, I had a very strange experience, and um, it's one that I really uh, don't don't share very often, but um, it was a couple months after she'd passed, and I was back at work, and I was getting ready for work, and I looked down. We have kind of a long hall that goes from our living room down to our master bedroom, right. and I looked down this hall that I'm looking at right now, and I'll never forget I had the thought of, wow, this, this is just a house. You know, when you were here, you made it a home, and now it's just a house. And (laughs) I put my phone in my pocket, and I start walking out the door, and this was not even a minute later, and I start hearing music playing. And not only is it music, it's Beth's all-time favorite singer. His name was Luther Vandross. Yeah. (laughs) And Luther was singing not just any song, but a song called A House is Not a Home. (laughs) when you're not here and I just had that very distinct thought and then this song comes on a house is not a home when you're not here and I I just started crying I cried all the way into work but it was almost like tears of joy because I felt like God had just kind of let me know you know she's not that far away you know she's she's kind of just in the next room you know yeah so it was it was a very real experience for me it was I mean, what are the odds, you know, that my, and what had happened is my phone had gone to my Pandora app and had gone to the Luther Vandross station, which, you know, I had made a Luther, Luther Vandross station, but I hadn't listened to it in a really long time. And it pl- was playing that specific song. Now, some people would say, oh, that's a coincidence, but no, <laughs> I, the way I was feeling and the thought I just had, that was, that was a miracle.
0: Yeah, I. I... And that's the other thing I was going to ask you. How how do you know? I struggle with trying to differentiate between signs from God and coincidences. And how do you think we can find the difference?
2: Well, I tell you, in my book, I'm writing about a lot of miracles I saw, and some some of them people could say, "Oh, that's a coincidence." But I I just know. I know when it's God. Like you you were talking about looking for a sign saying, I need to know you're there and looking out the window and missing your grandfather. Well, Beth and I always uh, looked for cardinals. We'd always put out bird feeders and we loved it when we'd see a red cardinal, the male cardinal. And my mom had always told me that she felt in her life that whenever she saw a cardinal, it was God's sign that everything was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So Beth and I really adopted that belief. And um, several times, like one day when I got a call from my daughter to get to the hospital right away because Beth's platelets, uh, had crashed. Platelets are a very important part of our blood, which cause clogging. Right. And right. most people are platelet level. And av- a normal healthy person is between 150,000 to 400,000, um, platelets per milliliter. Right. Well, Beth's had, had had dove to 3,000 remember ours is a minimum of 150,000 wow. 3,000 they gave her a bag of platelets and by the time I got in there after they gave her platelets it further dove to 2,400 and I had just before I, I came in I was i let my dog out and I looked at my bird feeder and there was nothing and I just remember praying and I said oh god I could really use a sign that you're with me and uh as I brought my dog in I looked out the window and here came a beautiful red cardinal landed and we hadn't put bird seed in there Beth had been in the hospital for a couple weeks at this point and we didn't have any bird seed and that cardinal just flew right up like as on cue and just stared right at me through the window and some people would say that's a coincidence but I knew that it was a sign that I needed. I'd specifically prayed for it. Yeah. So that's how I differentiate it. I, you know, when you're looking for it and you're saying, God, I, I need to see something, show me. I mean, he usually lets you know he's around.
0: Yeah, and there was one other sign, Dan, we talked about, I remember, uh, in a conversation that was very, very obvious. Can you tell me the one about the angel?
2: Yeah. Um, near the end of Beth's life, um, with about... Well, this was exactly a week before she passed. She passed on a Friday. This was a Saturday night before. I had a buddy of mine that I play in a band with pick up uh, another good friend of mine who was coming in from from the West Coast, uh, from California. And my friend, uh, Brian, who came in, and I noticed that we were standing out in my driveway. It was late. It was about 1130 that night. And I noticed that my buddy that I'm in the band with just wasn't saying much. And he just kind of had a strange look on his face, honestly. And after they left, I said to Brian, I said, hey, was John okay? Like, was he talkative on the way from the airport? And my buddy said, oh, yeah, man, he talked my ear off. He's a great guy. We had a wonderful time. And I said, well, gosh, he hardly said anything just now and he seemed a lot and, and brian goes yeah that's now that you mentioned it yeah he didn't and the next morning i i wake up and my sister <clears throat> was staying here i mean i had like 20 people staying in my house everybody sure. was here because we knew the end was near and um <clears throat> my sister said dan you have to call your neighbor dana right away so i said okay called my neighbor she's good friends with john the guy who had dropped brian off Right. And she said, "John needs to talk to you, like really soon." She said, "He saw something," and I said, "He saw something. What do you mean?" She goes, "Well, I just have to have him tell you." So I called John, and and he said, "Yeah, can I come over and talk to you?" I said, "Yeah, sure. Come over later tonight." So he did, yeah. and he said, "Dan, I, I know that you know I've done a lot of drugs in my time, you know, because <laughs> he was a rock and roller, and you know he." smokes a lot of weed, and and (laughs) had done other things, but he said, uh, he goes, but I was completely sober last night, and I know what I saw, And, and I said, what was it? He said, well, as you were talking, he said, this being appeared right over you, and I said, a being? What do you mean? He goes, it looked like it was a person about eight feet tall, just right behind you, and it looked like it had a cloak, I couldn't see a face, but it was so bright, this light was just shimmering and and dazzling, and I had to look away, it was so bright, I couldn't even look, and I turned back, and you were talking, and it was gone, and he said, but as you continued to talk, it appeared again, and again, it was so bright, I had to look away, and then I looked back, and it was gone, and I said well, John, what do you think it was? And he goes, well, Dan, I'm not religious. You know I'm not. He goes, but I really believe in my heart it was an angel. And I said, That's so great. do I, That's John. I said, because I'll tell you, we've been in there praying for uh, about 10 days straight, and um, there's a lot, of, a lot going on here, and I feel like God's here and his angels are around us. And, uh, and he actually sketched what he saw, and I'm going to include that sketch in my book. But that was definitely a miracle. That's Yeah, that's I mean, unmistakable.
0: You can't... <laughs> coincidence does, does not explain that.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you, if we have time, uh, Justin, I'll tell you one other miracle. Yeah, please do. If you'd do. Like, to, like to hear it. Sure. <clears throat> um, Beth was in a local hospital here for about the first nine or ten days near the end. Um, right. And uh, I had been living there. I mean, just, you know, cause that's when her platelets crashed and things were getting serious and, you know, and, and she even at one point kind of was talking really crazy like we thought maybe she'd had a stroke or something like she was out of her mind so it was a tough time and i was trying to be a warrior in her room and with my daughters and family i I didn't want to cry in front of everybody so i i didn't break down and one day my daughter kirsten looked at me and said dad why don't you just get out of here for a little bit go get some fresh air you've been living here we've got mom covered she's fine right now she said i remember what she said she said go to your health club and take a shower and that's That's what I did. So I, uh, But I got to the elevator, and I got on the elevator, and as soon as the doors closed, there was no one around. I just broke down, and I just, I remember I put my hands down on my knees, and I was just crying, just weeping. And the door opened on the first floor, and I got out, and I was just leaning up against the wall, bent over, still crying, and all of a sudden I hear a voice saying, Mr. Wheeler, Mr. Wheeler, what's wrong? And I look, and it was a doctor. Right. And he was Beth's doctor. His name was Dr. O, wonderful man. And I tell you, the minute I met him, I knew he was a man of great faith. I knew he was a Christian. And uh, he said, what's wrong, Mr. Wheeler? And I said, oh, Dr. O. I said, I'm just overwhelmed. I mean, that's my wife up there. This is the love of my life, and and I feel like I'm losing her. And, And he looked at me and he said, Mr. Wheeler, you know God, and you know Jesus, and you know he's got her in in his hands, and I said, I know, Dr. Tro, but sometimes I guess I just need reminding or I need a sign, I need to know that he's with me. And he goes, okay, you want to know if he's with you? Let me tell you what just happened to me. He said, I have 22 patients waiting for me on the second floor. I am so far behind on my rounds, I needed to get to them. I, after I finished lunch, I got right to the spot, and something told me to turn around and go back. He goes, I walked back to the cafeteria, and he said, and I realized, what am I doing? i got to get up to my patients. I don't know why I'm back here. I don't need to come back here. He says, I start walking. I see you come off the elevator, and now I know why I went back to the, the cafeteria. He said, God cares enough about you that he altered my schedule. He made me go back to the cafeteria so when I came here, I'd be here to hug you, to tell you that God loves you, and he's here with you and he hasn't forgotten about you. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> no, that's a miracle. That you know? is a miracle. That's I mean, yeah, that's another thing people could say, a coincidence, but knowing the way this man believed and in and, and my faith, it was uh, pretty much uh, an answer to prayer. I needed him to be there because I was, I remember just almost collapsing in his arms. I was so exhausted, so kind of out of my mind with emotion. And uh, man, he just picked me up, and I remember walking away. And then I went to my health club, took a shower, and I just remember thinking, "Man, God, you really are with me. You really just when I need to know you're there, you always let me know."
0: That's a beautiful thing. What would you say to somebody? I know a lot of people who are religious, or maybe who were religious, and uh, they they pray for a miracle and they hope and they hope, and then the miracle doesn't happen. And I have a family member who wrote a book about that. It's called When the Miracle Doesn't Happen. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, I guess, feel that if they serve the Lord, that the Lord is going to answer every prayer the way they want it. What would you tell somebody if they said, You know what, I serve the Lord, and now today I, 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 I'm so angry with him because I did all I could to be with him, and he turned his back on me.
2: You know, it's funny because I hear that from time to time. And uh, I heard this once, and I honestly believe it, that God answers every prayer. And his answer is either yes, no, or not now. And, and just because we get a no uh, or things don't go the way we think doesn't mean that God's not still in that. Not, he's, he's still in that, and, and it's usually for our greater good. I mean, you know, you've heard of people who were running for flights and the doors closed and they couldn't get on the flight and they wanted to and they were so upset and the flight crashes. <laughs> you know, that was God protecting them. And and sometimes a closed door doesn't mean that God isn't answering your prayer. He's just saying, not right now, or this isn't what's best for you. And I, I just have to come back to, there's a verse in the Old Testament, I think it's in Psalms, that just says, God's ways are not our ways. His ways are higher, and we can't understand them. But I've always found that when I've looked back on my life, I can really see where he was at work and where some of those no's (laughs) turned out to be the best thing for me. So I think that's what faith is, you know. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what uh, we read in Hebrews, in the Bible. So... Uh, I believe that, you know, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And uh, that's what living a true life of faith uh, involves that, just realizing and trusting that God knows best. And just because he doesn't answer a prayer in the way we'd want or give us what we want all the time doesn't mean he's not there. He always is. And that verse I just quoted is Hebrews eleven one. I look, just looked it up. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see.
0: Dan, what do you want uh, best legacy to be?
2: I want, first of all, when you lose a loved one, and I'm sure you've experienced this, the next day the world still goes on. And it kind (laughs) of makes you mad. You're like, wait a minute. We just (laughs) lost a great person. I mean, to me, she was everything. And I want people to know what a special lady she was and and the way she lived her life. And honestly, she was always complimenting people, always wanting to do things for people. Um, you know, I remember throughout our treatment, there were a couple times when she'd come to me and say, you know, Cakes, this lady is an unbelievable nurse, and I've watched her, and I know she goes into Philly, and she helps, you know, feed the poor, and she takes blankets to street people, and she, was, and she saw my boots, my Ugg boots, and she just loved them, and uh, I said, oh, you should get a pair, and she goes, oh, I, I can afford those, you know, they're kind of expensive, so she'd say, can we buy her Ugg bo- boots, uh-huh. and when Beth asked me to do anything like that, I always did it, I'm like, absolutely, or if she just had a heart for people, um, there's a story in the book about when, <laughs> what convinced me that I should marry her, is we were all at a wedding, and we were all in our mid to late 20s having a good time and Beth noticed this little old man probably in his you know maybe about 80 years old sitting all alone and it really bothered her because no one was talking to him she she asked everyone at our table if it would be okay if she went and brought this little guy over to our table and everybody's like sure well she brought him over and made him feel like the king of the world guy had a wonderful time I'm sorry, I just get a little emotional because, sure. you know, that's the kind of person she was. Yeah, I understand that. So, so I want people to know about that, but I also want people who are going through a hard time, maybe facing a, an illness with a family member or maybe even them themselves. I want this book to give them hope that, um, you know, they can make it through. And um, even though, <laughs> this is funny. You know, Justin. Uh, every time I talk to you, I get emotional, and I I haven't been. I really haven't been. Once in a while, when I'm writing, though, I'll I'll have to get up from my computer and walk away because it's still, it's, you know, it hasn't even been two and a half years, so you still feel those emotions pretty strongly. Yeah, but, um But you know, I'm I'm doing okay. I'm I'm all right. I'm good. And and through Beth's passing, God uh, called me into the ministry full time, and you know, I it was really hard for me to leave QVC. QVC is the greatest company on earth. They were so good to me. They gave me so many, uh, you know, retirement parties and a big retirement special on the air. And they, you know, I had lunch with the CEO and from everyone, the whole company is behind me. And they said we, we feel like you're going to do something significant. But God uh, formed Fearless Faith Ministries, which is a ministry I started with two of my best friends. And we're on Facebook, you can join us at, just look up Fearless Faith Ministries, we have a orange flame as our logo, and every day we do, we start the day off, one of the three of us will give a little message we call Your Morning Cup of Inspiration. Just a little two-and-a-half to three-minute message about God, about faith. Today I did one about the, the school shootings in Florida, and talking about how when things like that happen, you know, people ask, where is God, and... um and I gave a little message about that and what my thoughts are and why good things happen, bad things happen to good people and why they're suffering. And, you know, um, sometimes uh, I think pain is God's mechanism to get our attention and to get us to look up to Him. But I don't think He causes these things. Just like there is a great good in the world, there is a great evil, I firmly believe it, and, um, but so, so every day, on Fearless Faith Ministries, we give these little morning cups of inspiration, and uh, now that has grown, and uh, soon I'll be doing something on a very large Facebook page called Jesus Daily, which has 33 million followers around the world, and um, going to be doing some of those morning cups of inspiration on that site as well, so uh, God's just, uh, opening up some doors and I'm just going to walk through them.
0: <laughs> That's great, Dan. And Dan, if there's any way that, that you would come back on at some point and, and you want to, uh, you know, let us know what you're doing and, and things that are going on, please come back.
2: Sure. I would love to. And, uh, you know, the book Hurricane of Love should be out sometime in June, I'm hoping, but, uh, maybe after it comes out, you know, I'll come back on and let you know what's happening. But, Uh, You know, I I just want to encourage your listeners to open their hearts to God if they haven't. He's there. He's real, and uh, he cares about each and every one of us. And He certainly pulled me through the fire many times, and and I know where Beth is. She's in heaven. She's waiting for me. I'm going to see her again, and that's going to be a great day.
0: Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, a wonderful human being, uh, a great guy, and a friend. Dan Wheeler. Dan, thank you so much for your time today.
2: Oh, Justin, it's a, it's an honor. Always good to talk to you. Let's stay in touch. Okay.
0: Sounds great.
2: Thanks. All right. right, Bye bye.
0: -bye. Hey Chuck, it doesn't get more personal than that. And I got to tell you, especially uh, losing my grandfather four weeks ago, it it was hard at times to keep it together during that show.
1: You know, I think that uh, people in a time of loss, it really puts a lot of things for perspective. And, you know, being part of the human experience, like we're all going to go down that road. Nobody's right. getting out of this alive. Right. Um, and I think, you know, it's really important that we talk about these things um, as preventative maintenance, as opposed to reactive
0: maintenance. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's true, because it, it's uh, when you're in the moment, it's very hard to get perspective. I think if you already have perspective before you get to those tragedies, then it makes it a little bit easier at that point. Dan, it's amazing his faith. He's very strong and I don't think a lot of people get the signs that he got, an actual angel appearing, uh, his friend seeing that angel behind Dan. But uh, you got to look at the little things, the little miracles.
1: I always seem to think that that signs show when you're ready to accept them. Right. So, like, you know, like, I think we all get signs. It's a matter of like some people just aren't ready to see them or they're not ready to to believe them or they're not ready to actually accept them in their lives and you don't
0: notice them as signs. Yeah, I I, I think a lot of people think of God as a magician. They ask for a sign and they want it immediately and he's On their terms. On their terms. He's not David Blaine. You know, he's... (laughs) He's God. And he's going to give you the signs, but you have to be ready to receive them, as you said, and and, uh, it's not going to be exactly at that moment. Uh, Just a quick story from my perspective. When my grandfather passed away, I remember the night that he died, I was looking out the window and, and I was asking where, you know, where's the sign, where's the sign. And, um, we went to Texas where he lived. And, uh, the day that we were leaving got in the car, I didn't have any signs for the four days I was there. And then all of a sudden in the car, the, the locks were going up and down, up and down, up and down. And we kept asking each other who was doing this. And it was just as we were leaving to go to the airport. And I think my grandfather was just saying, thanks for coming and I'll see you soon.
1: I love those moments. When they happened to me before and I didn't recognize them, I would say that they're weird or, oh my God. But now I just, when it happens, I'm in the moment I'm just like, thank you. Thank you for looking after me. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for your love. And just acknowledging the the wondrous beauty uh, of those signs. Because to me, it makes me feel really uh, supported. And
0: that shows you that we go on forever.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I love that show because honestly, I, I love the human experience and I love people who are grounded in their faith. Um, and like I said, whether you want to use universe, God, source, whatever choose word you choose to use, I think it just has to work for you. Absolutely. Everybody's got their own way. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to leave the links there so that way you can check out to see more Justin's shows and uh, also Dan so Wheeler.
0: We're about what Dan's doing. And
1: what Dan's doing as well, so uh, follow the
2: links. Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo and the Warrior Life were produced by Faders on Studios for Listen Up Talk Radio. If you have a comment, reach out. Feedback at radio that doesn't or call us on our contact line. One eight six six two six nine six one five five.